Hey there, and welcome back to the Peaceful Home Podcast. My name is Pam, and I am your host. And today, we are talking about New Year's resolutions. Well, not really. What we're talking about is how do you set a goal for the new year and actually stick with it? This is one of the big questions, right? So many people are running around setting goals for January 1. We're calling them New Year's resolutions, but they're goals. And then by the time February 1st rolls around, it has all crumbled. Let's talk about why and what to do instead. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Podcast. I'm your host, Pam Godboyce, founder of the Align Moms Membership and Coaching Program, coffee lover, mama of a teenage daughter, therapist, life and parenting coach, teacher, and mentor of other badass moms who aren't afraid to lean in and get their hands dirty. I'm on a mission to redefine how you view yourself, how you view parenting, and most importantly, to help you rethink your destructive patterns, your past relationships, and your inner critic, all of which are standing in the way of your peaceful life. In this podcast, we believe that you are perfect as you are, and our focus is on helping you grow your view through shadow work, spirituality, emotional regulation, manifestation, grounding, exploring the mask and the femme, and so much more. We laugh and we cry, and we gain a better understanding of ourself through the lens of our kids. Welcome to Parenting Redefined. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Podcast. So often, the new year starts, or we start to get close to the new year, And people start to ponder questions like, what is my New Year's resolution going to be? What am I going to do this year? Now, if you're like most people, you set goals or resolutions like I'm going to join a gym or I'm going to eat better. I'm going to take better care of myself. I'm going to start meditating or do yoga. But the problem is all of those things are rooted in the same lack mentality. They're rooted in the mentality that says you're not good enough you're broken. You need to be fixed. That is a real quick path to failure. You're never going to succeed if you're telling your brain you suck. You're not good enough, right? We don't get gym memberships because we're like, I just love the gym. You're not going to get a new gym membership or come back to the gym if you've been away because you just love it so much. Because if you loved it so much, you wouldn't have set a New Year's resolution that you're going to get your ass in the gym. Let's be real. So what happens at the new year is we set these lofty ideas of like, by the end of the year, I'm going to be so much healthier because I'm going to do all of these things. And we set goals, we decide what we want. But the thing about New Year's, which by the way, for most of us happens in the dead of winter, is it brings with us seasonal affective disorder increases in depression and anxiety, struggles with processing trauma and grief after spending the holidays with family. And let's be real, it's fucking cold. There's a reason bears hibernate. It's biological. So our motivation to take on really big stuff is pretty much shot at the start of the year. And actually, from a seasonal perspective, winter is the time of shutting down. It is not the time of rebirth. Rebirth happens in the spring, but it doesn't matter because we go new year, new me. I'm going to do all these amazing things and it's going to be a rebirth. And then we fall flat on our face by February 1st. We set goals that are too big and lofty. They're hard to conceptualize. And as a result, we never even get out of the starting gate. 
and we set the same resolutions over and over or have the same goals for ourselves, for our family, for our own personal development, or for our business over and over and over. And that's not what I want for you. And it's not what I want for me. So I'm going to teach you the process that I use to take these ideas of what I want to experience, what I want to have in my life, what I want things to be like by the time I get to April 1st, July 1st, October 1st, and January 1st of next year, the start of each quarter. This is where setting intentions comes in. Now, setting intentions works really well in parenting. It works really well in relationships for self-development work. I obviously own my own business. It works well in that. My husband uses setting intentions for his job, what he wants to experience in the workforce. So where we begin with setting intentions is looking forward to what you want to experience, achieve, be, feel by the time you get to the end of any designated period. So you could decide that for the next week, you're setting an intention based on something you want to experience the benefit of at the end of the week. You could do it for a month, for a quarter, for the entire year. It does not matter. But I'm kind of one of those, I like instant gratification. So I actually like to set intentions for days and for weeks. And yes, I set larger goals, but I recognize now at this point what I need to do to break things down and focus on the growth that I want to experience in these shorter periods of time. And this is without a doubt my ADHD, because if I set a goal and say six months from now, a year from now, this is what I want things to look like. If I'm not taking consistent focused action on a day-to-day basis, I will never get there. And I, as a matter of fact, I'll forget what the goal or the, the intention even was if I go much longer than a week. So we start with what do I want to be experiencing? One week, one day from now, how do I want to feel? What do I want my relationships to be like? What shifts do I want to have for myself? And then I reverse engineer it. What do I need to do to get there? But the process looks like this. The very first question I ask when I'm setting intentions is, what do I want to experience? What do I desire? What would make me grateful? And I pull out a notebook and I journal. What are these experiences that I want to be experiencing more of? What do I want to have in my life? What do I want my relationships to be like? So I journal about that. And then that's my end result. And so I might say, you know, this week, what do I want the experiences to be like? And what's important and what's valuable to me? This does two things. It primes the brain to notice these shifts. So it primes the brain to recognize Um, opportunities to feel connected if connection was my intention. It also gives me the opportunity to shift my own energy towards what I desire. So we tend to get a little lazy around here with now an almost 15 year old who is a homebody and doesn't really want to go anywhere. And quite honestly, we're rolling up to Christmas. She's been busting her ass for the last week and a half with Christmas cupcake orders and holiday party cupcake orders and all sorts of other things over the last week and a half, along with high school and all the other music performances and all the extra stuff that happens this time of year and everything she does. And if I said to her, what do you want to do this holiday season that's festive? She would say, sit at home. As a matter of fact, last weekend, I said to her, man, it's the weekend before Christmas, like a full week before Christmas. We should be out doing stuff. There's lots of holiday festive stuff going on. And her response was, nah, I'm good. 
And she loves the holidays. It's not that she doesn't. She's just totally content to stay home, as is my husband. And so at the start of this week, I decided that I was going to infuse this week, rolling up to Christmas and through Christmas with more holiday spirit, with more holiday cheer, because it's something that I appreciate and value. And I just wanted to experience more of. So on Monday morning, I sat down and I wrote this intention. What would I love to experience? I would love to experience more opportunities with my family to enjoy holiday traditions, to create new traditions, to have celebrations beyond just watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or Elf. So this primed my brain to look for opportunities to do more things. And it shifted my energy around it because I am definitely the person that says, I want to do these things. And then at seven o'clock at night, my husband says, do you want to drive around and look at Christmas lights? And I go, no, it's cold and dark and I don't want to leave the house. I'm comfortable now. So in the setting of this intention, a couple of things happened. I got real clear on the Christmas gift I was getting my mom, not saying what that is yet. We also had the opportunity to be part of this event where they had Christmas lights outdoor and you walked through this, you know, outdoor setting and they had hot chocolate and whatever other things that were very festive. And so I bought tickets for us to go and we went and we had a great time. But had I not been looking for it, I would, it would have been another thing that I went, oh, darn, I missed that. We'll have to do that next year. And I wouldn't have because I would have forgotten. So this is the first step. What would I like to experience? Prime the brain and shift the energy so that you can take action on the things like I did, buying the tickets so that we could go to this event last night. The second step in this process is what do you desire to see in others? So in this example of going and partaking in these outdoor lights, what I wanted to see from my family is an excitement to experience this together. And I got clear on what I wanted from them and I didn't have to communicate it but I looked for it. And so when I said, hey, here are two options of things that we could do. What do you guys think? And they chose when it was time for us to go or get ready to go, I was able to like be like, aren't you so excited? This is gonna be so fun. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you and having this positive experience and it's gonna be so great. And my teenager was like, yeah, I love it. I'm so excited about it. I'm glad you bought tickets. Thanks for buying them, mom. That was her reaction to my setting this clear intention of what was important to me. And number three is what will you do to contribute? So for this, that was pretty straightforward. I bought tickets. I drove us there, right? I like created the environment for us to do this. Now there are lots of different intentions you might want to set. So maybe your intention for this week or for today is to keep your cool when your kids lose it. And then you recognize what I would love to experience is calm, even when my kids are losing their mind. And when I'm calm and they're losing their mind, I can co-regulate with them. I can support them in the way in which they need to be supported without yelling at them and telling them to knock it off or hiding in the bathroom so I don't have to deal with their meltdowns. So then you start to prime your brain for this opportunity of them struggling so you can stay calm, so you can demonstrate your ability to do so. And then you can shift your energy so that when they have a wise ass remark or snap back at you, you don't fall into the trap of personalizing and getting into conflict. You instead move from a place of compassion and love and you say, all right, my energy here is I made the conscious decision. I set an intention that when they experience an emotional trigger, because maybe you're dealing with a young adolescent who is emotionally triggered often, it happens, happens to the best of us, right? 
They're emotionally triggered. And what you found is that when you stay calm, they respond much more effectively. They stay calmer. They stay chilled out. They don't lose their minds. So that's your piece of it. And then you're like, what do I desire to see in them? I would love for them to co-regulate with me. I would love for them to respond to my calm in a way that starts to bring them down. But even if they don't, that's okay. And another example that's maybe not parenting related would be, you know, if you have holiday gatherings coming up or non-holiday gatherings after the holidays, that's fine too. Anytime you have to get together with people, you can do this. Maybe you don't love getting together with people or maybe you don't love the people that you're getting together with. Maybe it's like your spouse's friends and you're like, ugh, okay. I mean, it's fine, but like, I don't really want to be there. I'd rather be home or I'd rather be out with my girlfriends or whatever. And so you decide what, what would I love to experience? What would make this a positive or more positive experience for me? And maybe you recognize the reason that you struggle with them is because they're surface conversation people. And I struggle with this all the time that I have some friends or some people that we get together with that they just want to like basically talk about the weather. And I'm like, ugh, poke myself in the eye, right? I'm like, let's dive in deep and talk about real meaningful stuff. And so what I would love to experience is I would love to experience some of those deeper conversations. This primes my brain for this opportunity and it allows me to shift my energy into looking forward to and attracting some of those more positive, um, deep conversations. Step two is what do I desire to see in others? What I would desire to see in others is their desire to participate in these deeper, more meaningful conversations instead of talking about the weather. And then how will I contribute? What actions will I take? I'll be open. I will um, be friendly and I will um, maybe have some ideas of what I want to talk about or things that I could bring up with people that would allow them to go a little bit deeper. Now, for me, I go out into social gatherings and I will say to people, they'll say, what do you do? And I say, um, I work with moms so that they can clear out their own bullshit so they don't fuck up their kids. And inevitably, I get everybody's trauma stories. So that works out. That's a really great opening line for me because what happens is either, uh, and I did this at an event recently, either I get people that are like, oh my God, I'm parenting my kid and I'm so worried that I'm going to screw them up. Or I get, oh my God, my parents did these things and it totally screwed me up. And I get the stories and I heard hundreds of stories over a, you know, three or four day period with a bunch of other people, because that's what I said I did. What do you do? This is what I do. And they were like, oh, and so it became the thing that opened the door. That was my contribution. That was the action I took. And then I received what they said. I validated, I supported, I did all the things that I normally do um, in conversations. And what that created was an environment where I felt deeply connected to people. That was what I was looking for. So you can use this in any environment and it works really great with parenting. It works great with like, you can set an intention around what you want to experience from a parenting perspective with your kids. You know, maybe you've been struggling this year with yelling and you're like, I, my intention is to stay calm with my kids, but really my intention before I can stay calm with my kids is to get to the bottom of or uncover What's creating this dynamic where logically my brain says, I don't want to yell. I want to be calm. I want to be supportive. Then my kid does something. I personalize it. I become triggered and I yell and I don't know how to get out of that cycle. So maybe the intention for today, for this week 
is you start with, my intention is to take a breath when I start to feel that experience rise. And my intention number two, the second intention I'm setting is to get to the bottom of, to uncover what it is that's getting in the way of me staying calm with ease. Like, why does it have to be so friggin' hard? Maybe that is where you start, right? You get to decide what the starting point is. But the idea here is that you're like, what do I want to experience? What do I desire to see in others? Like, what do I want somebody else's contribution to be? And what will I contribute? How will I contribute to getting to the outcome more easily? That is what intention setting is all about. It's about using a practice to get real clear on what actions you're going to take. Maybe it's being calm. Maybe it's taking a breath. Maybe it's focusing on compassion. Maybe it's getting supports in place for yourself. Whatever the case may be, that is your work. Leaning in and setting intentions with compassion for yourself and removing judgment. So important. The goal here is not to fix you because there's nothing broken. The goal always is to grow. Thanks guys. And I will see you soon. Take care. Oh, one more thing. It's the legal language. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes, and it is not intended as a substitute for advice from a physician, a professional coach, a therapist, or any other qualified medical or mental health professionals. Thanks guys. One of the most effective things that you can do as a mom is you can learn to regulate your nervous system. Now, you might be thinking, Pam, how do I regulate my nervous system? Well, there's lots of different strategies, but one really great way to start to wire the brain for relaxation, for calm, for more peace is to up your gratitude game. And that is exactly why I created a free email series just for you. The ultimate guide to a grateful life is 15 essential practices and prompts to cultivate a brain wired for gratitude, which will create for you a more abundant and a happier life and you. And all it takes is just a couple minutes a day. These are strategies that are proven to wire the brain towards rest and digest. And that is the side of the brain, the parasympathetic nervous system, that we want to be more active. This is where emotional regulation comes from. So grab your copy today by going to pamgodboys.com forward slash gratitude and start wiring your brain for a happier, healthier life.